Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50 plus ball games every summer and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week in the clubhouse, Anthony and I relive the flat-out ridiculousness that was the Cubs winning the World Series. It's our season finale episode, so make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll be the first to know when our new episodes come out after our break. If you have any ideas for show topics or guests, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at clubhousepod. On to the show. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! He's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball, left field, it's deep! It's way back! The Tigers are going to the World Series! The Twins have won it! It's a 1-0 10-inning victory! Welcome to the show, everyone. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Yes, I am. So today we are having our season finale of the Club Oz podcast. Uh, yes, don't don't get too, too worried, but we're going to be taking the, the off season off this year. And uh, Anthony and I, don't worry, we will be recording many, many wonderful episodes, but you're going to have to wait until the spring of 2017 when the birds are chirping and baseball is back to hear our melodious tones uh, once again. Uh, so, but for this episode, we wanted to kind of recap because something very special happened this year, especially for the Club Oz podcast, something very special happened, which, uh, I mean, look, at this point, it's, it's been a little bit of time since, since the deed was done and it still hasn't fully sunk in to my brain exactly what's happened. But let's start, let's start at, at, at the beginning, um, October 4th. 2016 was the American League wildcard game, and it was also my birthday. And uh, I was hoping to see the Detroit Tigers play in that game. Unfortunately, they were not able to, to make it. But uh, that just feels like so, so long ago now when I think about how this end of this baseball season ended. But Mr. Rapp, when, when the playoffs began, uh, your National League... Uh, playoffs began a day after the American League playoffs, but when the American League wildcard game began, what was going through your mind as far as your fandom, your baseball fandom and your Cubs fandom 
were you nervous? Were you were you watching that with who we be, who might we face, or how does how how do you process that? Well, I, I thought it was a really great field of contenders. I mean, an, an interesting field of contenders. There were all the all the teams that were in the hunt um, had long you know relatively long droughts. So that alone, it wasn't like the usual suspects. That alone was kind of, I mean, the Orioles had been in the playoffs, the Dodgers had been in the playoffs, but none of them had won the World Series in a while. So that alone was cool. And I thought like good storylines and, and, um, and I liked, I pretty much liked all the teams. I don't love the Nationals. I still have like weird feelings about them in general, I guess. But, um, but I, I thought it was a good, a good group of teams. And I thought that they were pretty much well, clearly the best teams, but that they were a good representative, a good sort of cross-section of, of, of what's happening in baseball these days. Um, and, I, and I thought that, you know, people were saying, you know, people have been picking the, had been picking the Cubs to win the World Series since the beginning of the season. And like, and the, they had just been on the cover of Sports Illustrated and all that seems a little, seemed a little like silly. At the same time, I, I swear what I didn't have was that feeling of like, oh no, don't jinx it. I just didn't have that. I had I had a feeling that they could certainly win the World Series and that not necessarily they should because anything can happen, but that if they played their best, they really might, might. Like it was a very good chance that they would win the World Series. So the NLDS, who did you face? It seems so long ago. I know, it's right? So crazy. It was the San Francisco Giants um, who, who won that wild card game. Um, so that was an interesting series. The clinching game of this series was, was quite, uh, uh, well, let's, let's, let's go, let's go back. What, what happened in that game? Well, you have to go back though to the, to the Cueto game too. The Cueto game at Wrigley Field, which the Cubs won one to nothing. Yes. I mean, that was sort of like. I don't know if it wasn't necessarily portentous of how the season of how the postseason would go for the Cubs, but it was such an incredibly incredible victory to have a late inning one. I mean, to have a pitcher's duel end in a one nothing result. I mean, it's sort of like my dream come true anyway, generally <laughs> is I love pitcher's duels. Um, but so going into going into game four, um, the Cubs had blown the lead in game three um, and lost and lost that game in extra innings. It was a, it was a great, it was a crazy game, you know? So going to game four, hovering over everyone's heads was the notion that going back to Wrigley with Cueto again. Yep. So there was like this feeling like, Oh, we can't have that happen. And Matt Moore for the giants was pitching a gem to say the least. It was two hitter, eight innings pitched. So we were sitting, uh, this was during uh, you had a concert series uh at this time this was in new york at 54 below and your shows at the time were running from i believe it was like 7 to 8 30 ish somewhere around that general vicinity so you were able to you missed the first couple of innings of each game but then you were able to quickly run down the streets to uh, a bar and we were able to watch those games and so i remember the night of game four it was uh myself you uh, was McNeese there? I believe. Uh, Maybe part of it. I can't I th- remember. Uh, no, I don't think he had been, been there for that one. Uh, Justin Sargent, another one of our friends, another Cubs fan. Uh, we all sat and watched that together. And for eight innings, you were exhausted. 
I remember that evening because you, you, you're from all the performances, from all the press, from all the, everything you've been doing. And so there was this eerie sense of calm that you had that I attribute to just the fact that you were half dead. But I think that helped you because the tension in that bar, if you remember, there was the Giants fan. Yeah, there was Giants fan. Like they would hit, they would hit a single and she'd (laughs) scream in delight. I mean, it was like. This young lady was was very, very excited with every single ball put in play by the Giants. And and on any other night where I think where you weren't half there, it might have started getting under your skin a little bit. But at this point, it was just, okay, I, you know, acceptance. And then the the Giants, the Giants. What did I say? I would like a little bit of credit here, please. What did I say all day? Dresses, but you're like you got this, you know. It's because I know bullpen woes, and I know the Giants' bullpen woes, and I said just get get Matt Moore out of this game. Get uh, whoever it is. I don't care. Pull it. Pull a name out of the hat. I ended up being Romo, but put a name out of the hat. Any one of those bullpen guys, I guarantee you, as long as it's a five run lead or less, you will win this game. And it was three runs, but you yeah. ended up scoring five. And so I stand by my statement that I made in like the fifth inning, sixth inning. And the thing about it, I mean, there's so many things about it. It was Derek Law was the first pitcher that of the five or six that Bochi brought out in the ninth inning. He had been the guy the night before who had been, like the, the cameras kept cutting to him in the dugout because he was like just so like crazily gleefully celebrating in a way that was just like okay come on now it's like anything that was happening he was just he was so over the top and he was the one who gave up the the, he he came in faced chris bryant chris bryant got on base with a single he got taken out um you know and then it was just a parade of relievers that (laughs) bochi brought in and none of them recorded an out but that's what that's that's i'm telling you i guess i've as a detroit tigers fan i've seen that happen time and time again no lead is safe it doesn't matter it it's it's really frustrating i mean like i said it happened to the giants and the giants god bless you you've you've won enough recently so if it it couldn't happen to a better team (laughs) right now but uh yeah that was an insane insane game and i think that was kind of the moment for me where at least internally I was like, eh, this it's the surprise is gone now. The Cubs have got this. There's nothing the Cubs can do that are going to lose this series. Like it's just, it, it, it is, this is their year. All right. Let's go on to the NLCS. Yeah. Um, against uh, your not favorite team. Uh, the Dodgers? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, 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 I, I, I was going to the NLDS, the Dodgers Nationals. Sorry. My brain just went yeah. on vacation, but Sure. Let's go to the Dodgers. Uh, 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 well, I mean, I but I watched I watched the other ser- season series as much as I could, given my crazy schedule at the time. I watched a lot of the Dodgers Nationals games. Yeah. Um, I thought they were really. Int- it was a really weird series. I mean, the 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 fact that Kershaw was getting kind of hit around by the Nationals a little bit, and um, I mean, all of his postseason woes. You know, it, it's so that's that that in of itself is such a fascinating thing to think about like somebody who's been so historically almost perfect in every game that he pitches in a regular season in the major leagues and then he has now enough of a sample size in the postseason to show that he just he's nowhere i mean it's not even close sure to his 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 career numbers and it's not i mean he's been in the, the playoffs enough years that it's not just no not i just, agree he's no, not just simply a victim of small no 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 size i i i and I, randomness I'm not ready to jump on the Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason bandwagon. I know that's not what you're saying. No, I'm not. Um, just... But that's what a lot of people are on that. I, I've heard some 
<laughs> some analysts have I've have actually made the statement that he's not worth the contract because you know he can't pitch in the postseason. Well, that's is, crazy. Of course, it's crazy. I mean, you kind of need him to get to the postseason first. Um, and also, I just I don't. Uh, I don't want to give the guy excuses. I don't know if it's too many innings on his arms. I don't know if it's injury stuff. I don't know if it's mental stuff. I don't know if it's just, if it's, I know on the batter side, it's easy to look at, at their numbers and see, okay, do these guys feast off of three, four five pitchers during the regular season? So that during the postseason when they're just seeing aces, that's when their numbers aren't being put up or I, cause I, that's, that's a big thing with, with, uh, on the offensive side of the board, but on the defense side of the board, your lineup doesn't really change that much, uh, in the postseason. It's not like you're facing the three, four five hitters anymore or less frequently in the postseason than you do in the regular season. So uh, I guess mentally is the only thing that you can think about of, of if that is a crutch that he has, if, if he's, I mean, it's the David Price thing as well, you yeah. know, where, where it's, how yeah. could I mean, how could it not? How could, I mean, this is this is the, the goes back to some of our sabermetrics yeah, exactly. debates. But when you have enough evidence, yeah, that it's the same pitcher, the same rules of the game, the same mounds, etc., and the numbers are so drastically different, <laughs> and the mean. only the only denominator is whether it's regular season <laughs> or postseason. How can you not take that into account? It I just agree. seems insane not to. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I could not agree more. Um, so when yeah. I was watching, I was like, okay, well, this is <coughs> this bodes pretty well. I was actually... Hey, sorry. Caddy. Kitty cat. Caddy. I don't know. Cat, move, please. Thank you. Sorry, we are recording at Mr. Rapp's cat house again. You're going to edit this out, right? You're going to edit out you getting rid of the cats? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The world needs to know that you're a crazy cat lady. That's fine. Um, the Dodgers were showing like what I didn't realize that they had the sort of, there was a little bit of a pluckiness that they had in that series too, that I didn't quite expect somehow. I, I thought, I, I guess I've been thinking of the Dodgers as sort of a little more kind of station to station and, you know, not very, dy- not necessarily super dynamic team, you know? If well, the mean- Dodgers, I mean, uh, the Dodgers. <laughs> I did a TV thing uh, in spring training where they asked me uh, my predictions. And you know, I hate predictions. I, I, I never do predictions and, and I don't. But one of the things that, that the gentleman asked me was about uh, the Dodgers specifically, because I think he was a Dodger fan. He wanted to ask me what I thought the Dodgers were going to do. And I remember saying the Dodgers, uh, I, they've got weird pockets of talent, but they don't have the starting pitching depth and they don't really have the consistent offense to, to do it. And I, I don't care that they made the NLCS. I stand by that. I watched, I, I went to maybe, it was a weird year for me. I think I went to 13 or 14 games at Dodger Stadium this summer. And so I watched them live a lot and they confused me all year. They didn't seem to have a full team ever yet. Turner was hitting and Seager was hitting. I mean, but they were so crippled with injuries and with everything. But they, I, I put a lot of the credit, I think you know what I'm going to say, on Dave Roberts. Shoulders. Yeah, I, lo- I love him. I think Dave Roberts is a fantastic manager and yeah. he just cobbled together, you know. Um, it, well, we'll get to that later. It, it's it's the Terry Francona thing where, where I think Terry Francona uh, pulled a lot more out of the Indians than was actually there on the surface. That's where I think management, you know, good management at least can really, really make a difference. But, um, yeah, when you guys faced up against the Dodgers, I was like, well, yeah, there's, 
in my brain, logically, I was like, there's, there's, this is no competition for you. But then I thought, well, I've said that for them all year and they've proved me wrong every single time. And so who knows? Maybe this is the Dodger. Maybe they've got the Vin magic. Maybe it is the, the year yeah. that they just go and win the whole damn thing. Uh, but so, yeah, but, but that really, the NLCS really ended up not being much of uh, a factor. You know, it's it just, it's Kershaw once again was able to, it was Kershaw Hendricks and Hendricks just, Good Lord. No, pitch. but no, but I'm talking the in, in game two. Sure. At, at Wrigley, it was a one nothing game again. Sure. No, he pitched very, and, very and well. He Kershaw pitched, very, pitched very beautifully well. and Hendricks pitched beautifully. And sure. it was it was a a a low sort of middle outside pitch to Gonzalez that he flicked the other way and, and well, hit yeah. a home run and that's and that was the ball game. But I want to lay the groundwork right now. Hendricks pitched beautifully in game two yep. and in game five. Six. Six, sorry. Game six. Beautifully. Yeah. Not only did he pitch beautifully, he pitched long too. Yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to drop that in there and then we'll get back to that later. And 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 that was the case where Kershaw, I mean, I it's here. so I guess what I want to say about the NLCS too is that it I felt the same way in the NLCS as I wound up feeling in the World Series, which was that in the first first time through, the, the, they got shut out back to back games by Kershaw and Rich Hill. Yeah, and there was a little bit of like "oh god" feeling, but I didn't. I, I don't know. I really never had the "oh god" feeling. I didn't. I I I was not happy, but I wasn't like it's over. Um. I just had a feeling that they were going to make adjustments. That's what they've been doing all season long. They'd been making adjustments and, sure. and that they were going to see Kershaw again. I was like, they're going to get him. I don't know. I just had, I don't think it wasn't just like positive thinking, wishful thinking. It was like, they, they're going to make adjustments and they're going to be able to hit him. All right. Well, let's, let's now let's go to, we're going to go to every single game of the World Series and talk about where you were watching them and kind of... But wait, no. we got to first go... We can't gloss over the winning of the pennant. Do you understand <laughs> that it's been... It had been 71 years since right, the fine. Cubs so had won the pennant? So you win the pennant. pennant. Where? I was performing on stage. Yeah. So that game, the, 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 that night I had two shows. So the, the timing was weird. So I was actually on stage. I, got, I was able to watch the beginning of that game between the two shows. So I was actually able to see the Cubs take a nice lead in the, in the early innings, yes. which was a huge relief because yes. then I could be on stage knowing that they were winning. Right. That was, I was, <laughs> it was like the, the baseball God smiling on me. So while I was on stage, I was, I told the crowd, you know, this is what's happening. I'm going to have to check the score at least, at least once while I'm on stage just to see it. You know, I think that they're going to, you know, this is the first time in 71 years. So I finished singing one of my songs and a, someone in the crowd said the Cubs won, and the next song that I sang was "Another Day from Rent," which you know, there's only yeah. now, there's only this, there's you know, no day but today. It was like, it was like all the spirits were aligned in 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 this incredible. I mean, it's just I don't think I would ever forget that moment anyway. But, sure. But it's just to have it be that moment in in quite that way was really really spectacular. Um, all right, so let's go. And that was at Wrigley. The fact that they clinched yes. at Wrigley yes. was remarkable. Yes. I mean, all of that was just remarkable. And that was enough. Like that, like I, to go to, to, to have the sentence, the Cubs are going to the World Series. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's one of those things that you and I, I feel like are, are similar in this sense that, that, and maybe it is because, uh, I mean, the Tigers drought wasn't that 
long, but I mean, they won when I was one year old, one years old, one year, year old, one, one year, year old. old, when I was a one year old child. Um, so I don't really recall it, obviously. Uh, and they were terrible my entire childhood. So in 06, when they won the pennant, I genuinely didn't care if they won the World Series. I mean, it, it would have been amazing, obviously. I would have been, uh, but I was so unbelievably happy that they won the pennant that I couldn't even have imagined being happier than that. I was so proud of them. I was so happy. I was so excited. I, I was able to be there for it. Like it was when they clinched, it was, it was amazing. Um, so let's go to game one. Game one of the World Series, you're face, facing off against the Cleveland Spiders and uh, what... Speaking of wishful thinking. <laughs> so what, uh, where were you for that game? Well, it's, this is, I mean, I was doing the, all the concerts all that time. So that game, game one, I was in, was I in LA? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, confu there, it's a little bit of a blur because I was doing so many concerts. <laughs> um, the, I don't remember, honestly, where, where okay, I have to think fine. back. I mean, because I was like in New York, then in LA. And I remember very vividly watching game two with you. Yes. On my birthday. That was, yes. Um, yeah, so I had been in LA. Yeah, I was in LA watching the game in the, I guess in my hotel room. Um, and then I had a show. So during the, I mean, I didn't get to see the whole game. Right. Uh, but the, yeah, the, that one, that one, Corey Kluber shut out the Cubs. The Cubs got shut out, I think, four times total in the postseason yeah, at least. Yeah, the offense just completely disappeared for, for a little bit there, which was... I don't know if it's a weather thing. I don't know if it's just a slump thing. No, I don't know. If I it's think it's really a good timing thing. It was yes, really good the, pitching. The, the, the Spiders they, do have very good. The good but they uh, also like as I was watching the game, I remember you know Corey Kluber obviously is a really good pitcher. Yo, yes. So the Cubs, their game plan in game one seemed to be to do their what they've been doing all year, which is make make the pitcher work and work deep counts and mm -hmm. get you know make them have to make up good pitches. And it was making really good pitches. They were also like. The, the home plate umpire was a little generous, you know. So when you have a patient offense with a generous home plate umpire, it can be a little rough. Yes. The game plan. So so that was another case where then I'd like they got to make adjustments to that, and they didn't quite make those adjustments in that game. It seemed to me that they were a little like out of sorts with that. Plus, he pitched really great. Right. What I remember too from game one is that Andrew Miller came in and he pitched I think one and two thirds or two yeah. innings. And the Cubs had, had more hits and walks off of him than any oh, team yeah, that had no, all year. He, he, he loaded the bases at a certain yeah. point, and he so was looked like, absolutely yeah. hittable, and he looked absolutely yeah. the, the, the Francona magic of bringing in yeah. Miller in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning seemed at the time to be wearing off. But of course, he got out of it because yeah, but I mean, but it was the, but the idea that he bent and did not break, but then yeah. he bent. No, that that's a good sign for the rest of the series. Yeah. So it was like, there's seven games. How many times can, you know, exactly. it's like, so that, that gave me some hope. Um, and I just had, I don't know. I just had a feeling it was going to turn around. The other thing, the other amazing thing that happened for the world series was Kyle Schwarber coming back. I mean, it, once again, you couldn't, uh, okay, never mind. We'll get to that later. But, but, um, yeah, you just, you could not have written a better, uh, God, I'm sorry. That's the, the biggest cliche. And I hate myself for, for starting that sentence, but you couldn't have written a better script. Like it's, it's unbelievable how, this man who went down in the third game of the series 
comes back from the dead and steps in and almost a home run in the second at bat like that that double yes. was was inches away from me had he had a home run there like that's it like they I would know. have written poetry about him like I they would have written you know it's it's yeah it's it's amazing what he was able to do offensively and just change the the, the, the dynamic of that lineup just like that overnight. so it's, it's one of those cases where the the all-star game home field advantage did benefit us I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah, you it know, did. it's crazy. His time accounts. I just, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. But the fact that we had the DH because he wasn't cleared to play the field. So of course not. Right. He could only so he had four of them. Yes. He had four games. Of, uh, uh, although you know, we'll get to that in a minute. So, all right. So, so game one, you lose. Yep. But that's okay yep. because it's Kluber and you figure we were probably going to lose the Kluber game anyways. It's in Cleveland anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. That's yeah, so that's an wanna, okay so game. You want to you want to take at least one if you can on the road, right? So, that's yes. that's what they say about these seven game series. So game two, it happens on your birthday. It was on my birthday, and we gathered uh, in LA at a at a sports bar that for whatever reason had Chicago ties. So there were like Chicago team signs all over, which yeah. just was like a nice coincidence. Um, and they got off to a nice like I think the first inning. First inning, they scored two or three runs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and. Plus, Jake had a had no hitter going into the sixth inning. <laughs> it's like, so it was like relax and just enjoy and watch that the the like after getting shut out that the offense made adjustments and and hit. You know, was that the one with Tomlin or uh, or uh, what's his butt? No, I can't remember. No, it wasn't Tomlin because Tomlin pitched game three really well. Um, what's his butt? Um, Bauer. Bauer. Yeah. Bauer. It was Drone Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Bauer. So, um, so that, yeah, that was very satisfying. Plus it was my birthday. So, and I had a concert that night. So it was like, it was, it was all, that was a really joyful. There was joy in, in, in Mudville. That was definitely a, a, that was a game where, uh, yeah, we all watched it at at a, a sports bar and the, the, uh, look, it was a four, it was 4 p.m., because I think that was the game they moved up an hour. So it was 4 p.m. in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, because of the rain. Because of rain delay. So it was 4 p.m. in Los Angeles. So it's kind of one of these weird, you know, watching. I love West Coast baseball during the regular season because you get to wake up to 10 a.m. baseball and you get to, you know, and it's, and it's awesome and you have baseball all day. Um, but playoff baseball on the West Coast, me no likey. Like the weird 4 p.m. starts there. It's kind of difficult to get everybody to watch it because people have jobs people have work and so like the bar that we were at was pretty empty when we first started now it's filled up filled in, as yeah. the game progressed and there were definitely some cubs fans there weren't really we thought we saw some indians fans or some spiders fans ah, caught myself some spiders fans uh but they they were not there unfortunately um it was mainly cubs fans because I, I did want some some in uh, some spiders fans ah I'm, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna in my brain they are the spiders from now on uh, I wanted some Spiders fans to be there, but uh, there were not. Um, so yeah, that was incredible. To, to give you that win on your birthday was, yeah. was pretty spectacular. And then they went back to Wrigley. <laughs> and then they lost the next two games. Yeah. And I had concerts those nights too. And, and it was, you know, I, I, I could watch the first parts of the games, but then I had to go perform and it was just like, ugh. The, the, and they, they just looked, they looked lost. They looked listless. They looked, and they, they also were making errors. I mean, it was just sort of like they were given, I think, especially game three, if Baez I remember correctly. Baez's or, sorry, defense. Game, yeah, game three, I think, was the one that where like everything was just sort of going, whoopsie. I mean, Baez was lost at the plate 
the he, entire series, yeah. save for maybe one or two at yeah, bats. Yeah, home then, run and yeah, yeah. But even yeah. then, it was just kind of he just swung and the ball yeah. happened to hit the the bat at the right time. He was yeah, he was he but was literally taking strikes and swinging at balls. Like, yeah, no, it like, was unbelievable to yeah. see what once again especially after speaking, NLDS and LCS where he had been yes. like select. He had so many two strike hits in the first two rounds of playoffs. And at that point, it is like when you see the balls that he's swinging at and the and and the strikes that he's taking. Once again, going back to the sabermetrics thing, you just you just think it has to be some sort of block. Because then, of course, when you see him, it translates into defensive mistakes, which he yeah. started making, which he never makes. Like, the reason he's there is because defensively, he is so strong up the middle there, and he was just making really silly mistakes. So you've got to He was assume. trying to get too flashy. Him. He was trying to do it like... Yeah, yeah, you've got to assume that he's just yeah. he's too far in his own head. Yeah. And and you just, you never know. And so... So that was all happening. That was... And, and game three, uh, yeah, it was especially sort of sad and demoralizing, especially since the first World Series games... At Wrigley. At Wrigley. And that was a one nothing game. People were showing up at 6 a.m. Wait, it was a one nothing game? Yeah. Game three was a one nothing Wasn't game? Wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was one nothing. Hard to remember. I'm almost positive it was one nothing. Um, we could look it up, and you know what? I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. Um, yeah, it was it was sad and demoralizing. Um, and game, so the, so now we're up to game four. No. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see here. So. Uh, yeah. Game four game was three. Well, yeah, game three was one nothing. Yeah, game four was the one where the wheels really came off the bus. Yes, game four was the one where everything was like, oh boy, here we go. And then it just seemed like you know three games to one. Well, it's been a good World Series, but you never know; things can happen. Uh, where did you watch game? Well, where did you watch game three? All right, so let's talk about game four. Talk about game four. Uh, game four is the one where the wheels really came off where they it just did not really where defensively you guys were that was the game you lost seven to two yeah and it just uh that was also a Corey kluber game um yeah he won he pitched one four and seven one four and seven so they actually scored first in game it was one and nothing in the first inning and then something happened with you guys where you just started swinging at garbage yeah well i don't know i mean and up and down one through nine you guys just were not being able to hit the ball at all and I, and that was a game that I didn't get to watch all of it because I was I had a show, so it was like also. So at that point, when you're my on shows stage, were, my shows were starting at seven, right? That in in San Francisco, and and the you know even though the game was starting at five, it really didn't start until five fifteen, and right. then with the World Series, everything was taking so long, and so. So at that like, point, when you're on stage, and and at, for this game especially, they were losing. Oh yeah, and and, and I knew that. I mean, it it seemed pretty clear that they were going to lose, and I was able to watch enough on my phone backstage right before I went on to get, you know, yeah, this is over. Because this is different from doing like If Then um, or Rent or anything like that where you're able to kind of jump off stage, check it, jump on stage. When you're doing a concert, you're pretty much on stage. You can't really check uh, in between songs, really. So uh, at this point, you're about to be down three to one. What's going through your brain? I mean, I don't, you know, it I was, it was disappointing. Uh, I just didn't, what I wanted for the series and for the, I just didn't want them to beat themselves. And it seemed like, sure. especially in that game, they were beating themselves more than being beaten. Um, so that was just sort of demoralizing. But then I, you know, it, it's, it was definitely in the back of my mind. It's, it's, they've won three games in a row before lots of times this past season. There's nothing that says that can't happen. It's not a done deal. 
Of course. I just wanted, at the bare minimum, I wanted them to win one game at Wrigley. <laughs> I actually do remember you saying that. And that's a very valid thing to have wanted. That's, that's when the Tigers in, in 06, that, that same thing happened with me when we won the Kenny Rogers game. Like, I just, I just want to win one. I don't care if you have to cheat. Just win one yeah. game. Um, but all right, so, so 3-1. Now, 3-1 happens. And, I mean, at this point, it's feeling, you know, there's that dread, you know, and, 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 I remember you weren't fully in that dread mode, but I, I did. I, but I did text at one point. I think it was something along the lines of, "You knew if it was going to happen, it was going to be hard. Like there wasn't just going to win. Like something special had to have happened. You know, whether it was because you think back to the Red Sox. You know, coming back from 04, blah, blah, where 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 or, or being down 03, I should say, um, where it's like something has to happen. You, the Cubs aren't just going to win the World Series; they have to win it in magnificent fashion so this is exactly what you want but you i also i also one. felt really good about the pitching matchups absolutely because our, our starters now, were more rested with kluber already coming in one was more rested yeah, yeah but with kluber coming in already twice you'd seen their guy twice and the chances of him coming back and pitching a gem a third time On he's not madison risk, yes he's not times. madison bumgardner like it's 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 not that likely but so game five I mean, uh, this is where uh, we watched this at a bar. Uh, me, you, Zach, you know, just the whole crew of us, the, 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 the super producer, Zach McNeese of the Clubhouse Podcast. We, we all happened to be in L.A. at the same time, which was a magical in and of itself. It was the tensest, probably one of the tensest games I've ever it seen. Was, we <laughs> it was, we were all so sitting crazy. in this booth in L.A., and <laughs> half the TV screens were on an irrelevant football game which was kind of annoying. Like it wasn't even the Rams or whoever playing. It was just, it's really LA half the screens are going to be on not the world. But it series. was packed and people I think were watching. It was the packed. World series. There were Spiders fans in there and there were Cubs fans in there, which is all I wanted. I wanted both fan bases to be represented. And, and it was a great game. Like everything got tightened up and shored up everything, every aspect. They had good at bats. They had great defense. They had timely hits. It was just, they were playing like they meant it again. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, again, this is non-sabermetrics, but I do think that they're, they're, that they were tight in those first two games. Um, being at Wrigley, the pressure, I do think that that got to them. I think in some level it got to them. Uh, and the, and the ghosts and the, you know, the pall of like, I all can't of that. see how it couldn't like it's, it's, I can't remember what, it must've been game seven. I think it was game seven. So this is kind of jumping forward, but it's kind of apropos of what they must've been feeling the whole time. Uh, Fox always does those mic'd up moments or whatever. And, you know, we're going to listen to the players do whatever. And I think it was Rizzo yep. um, where they had, where like he was just clearly this manic ball of, of energy. But he also did, he was also trying to make light of it because he was quoting Anchorman when he said, of course, I'm a glass case of emotion. Of course. You know, but but, it, but yes. it's, Clearly, he is. It's not just any other game. Like it is. It's. It's. You are just so tied up, and and you're trying so hard to quote unquote be natural. But as soon as you're trying to be natural, you're not being natural. You're aware of what's happening, and so it's just. I totally understand the idea of them being back at Wrigley. And look, every single news broadcast for game three for that one nothing loss, they, they were saying that people were showing up in Wrigleyville at 6 a.m. Yeah. You know, and so, and you're aware of this. You show up to the ballpark and all of a sudden there are tens of thousands of more people around here than normally are around. It's, I don't care how much you try to avoid it. 
you you get that there's a lot of pressure on you yeah. and that there's a lot of eyeballs on you and that you got to not mess this one up. And John Lester Ugh. pitched his heart out, man. Brilliantly. He just pitched his heart out. It, he, yeah. It, it, Your starters came to play in the last several games there. It's, well, we'll get to that. I think that's, the starters came to play pretty much all season, except uh, John Lackey had a, not a great, I mean, in postseason, I mean, John Lackey wasn't great. But he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't terrible. But he wasn't, he, yeah, he was kind of the least one that you needed to be great. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he was. But everybody else did, they pitched pretty well. They did. You know? So we're going to now jump forward to game six. <sighs> game six. I want to hear your thoughts on this first, because I have my thoughts on it. You're talking about Chapman. No, I'm, no, I'm talking about game six. I didn't say anything. I said game you six. talking about Chapman. I, I just said game six. Yeah. I, I mean... So yeah, Jake pitched really well. Yep. Um, again, you guys scored a boatload of run pretty yep. early, and so that was kind of a laugher pretty quickly. And then with a with a five run lead <clears throat> in the sixth, seventh, seventh inning, um, uh, Madden pulled a Francona and brought in Chapman. I I fundamentally don't understand. I I I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, fine, I understand going to your bullpen and maybe bringing in Montgomery or maybe bringing in, because uh, uh, he had zero confidence in Rondon or in Strope, um, but, or maybe just bring in Lackey or something, bring in some, bring in anybody, anybody but Chapman, what are you doing? This is not what Chapman does in the regular season, this is not what Chapman does in the postseason, it's just, it's, it's. But he had come in, he had come in and so it's an interesting thing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not defending. It's an interesting thing. I, I, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of supposing. Please suppose away. So Chapman came in for six outs in game five. Mm -hmm. And that was a breakthrough. Great. And so, so why, why I, test I'm not, it? I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying knowing, having a sense of how Joe thinks. Is that I think that he 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 thinks about people having breakthroughs and people having moments, and he wants to build on them. That's great. The World Series Game Six is not a time to build on that. I, I think I I'm, think he got outmanaged like crazy. I think he got Franconed and Dave Roberts and everything, where he everyone else was in his own head, and I think the Zen Master Joe Madden out thought himself, and and I was so unbelievably frustrated, even though. The game was won, and I wasn't stressed about that. My brain was totally in Game 7 and just thinking, you have lost the Cubs of the World Series. What are you doing, you absolute crazy man? Um, but so that happens, and now we go to Game 7. And unfortunately, we weren't able to watch Game 7 together as much as I wanted to. We weren't able to. We were both flown back to uh, multiple cities. And, and Game 7, let's go through we're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion, so please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. 
or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with the lawyer who cleaned up baseball, Charles Sheeler. He is an utterly fascinating man. In this clip, Charles talks to us about his experience in the Roger Clemens congressional hearings. Well, they brought Clemens back. I sat next to him at a hearing, um, and on the other side was his trainer, Brian McNamee, who yeah. had who had uh, provided him with the, the steroids, which of course Roger denied. But basically, I was put there as sort of a, a potted plant to keep these two guys apart so they didn't like start strangling each other. Yeah. And it was like the worst middle seat you ever had on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just um, the, <laughs> the tension between these two guys was palpable yeah. and the other thing is roger was just clearly so incredibly nervous about what what was going on and now back to our conversation 108 years in the making the cubs strike first yeah dexter fowler hits a straightaway center field home run to lead off the game seven of the world series i mean with with the momentum <laughs> crazy. going your way that's just got to be the most I don't know if it's just an explosion of relief. I don't know if it's an explosion of happiness. I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is that you're feeling in that moment. Well, I was feeling a lot of things. I was feeling um, like really happy that my kind of, my sense was right. I'm not saying like I was patting myself on the back, but like I had the, I had a really good feeling that they were going to make adjustments to Corey Kluber. And they did. That was like right off the bat they did. That was, that just made me feel really, uh, calmer <laughs> that that happened and i felt that kyle hendricks pitching game seven was the he was the perfect guy for us in that situation because he had been so incredibly consistent and calm throughout this whole postseason and i think that he matches up well against any team like clearly this whole season he's matched up well against any team because he's giving them a different kind of look than they ever see and that he's so consistent and so um clear-headed, I just felt incredibly confident with him on the mound. I thought that he is the perfect guy for the situation. So when Dexter Fowler hit that leadoff home run, I was really, really super happy and confident. I mean, uh, but of course you never know. I mean, no lead is safe. Um, As it wasn't in this game, so, multiple times. Uh, so, all right. So then, know, and then they broke out to a three, nothing lead. Uh, no, it was one, one first. And then it was three, one. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Carlos Santana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He tied it up, and then, yeah. and then it went to three one. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So so then it goes to three one, and then it goes to five one. Yeah. So now, it is five one, in the fifth inning, and you have a gentleman on the mound, who aside from that one kind of pitch to Santana, which Santana just that's Santana, that's what he does. I mean, the man hits bombs, and you can't really blame yourself for that. Well, it wasn't a bomb. It was a single, RBI single. Right, but I'm just saying that like he hits just he hits the ball like yeah. it's, that's that's what he does. So you have a man who is known for getting double plays, who's not really known for being a fly ball pitcher. He's a ground ball guy. There's two plus outs. He should have. Oh, like, oh we're going to get to that. There's two outs. It would have been a strikeout. Yes, I there's mean, two outs, and there's a a a. A, a very, very bad blown call that would have ended the inning, but instead led to what ended up being the walk that knocked him out of the game. And 
I mean, Madden didn't even think about it. The hook was there. And I just, I, I, everything inside of me said, what are you doing? What are you, just because you have John Lester doesn't mean you need to use John Lester right now. This is not a video game. This is real life. I, I mean, I'm thinking though, no, it's the third time through the order. And it's, okay, and it's, but here's and it's, the deal. And it's, um, it's Hendrix Kipnis. Doesn't, Hendrix doesn't give up home runs. So, but he, Kipnis had worst, been so locked in. Fine, I mean, I understand. But at worst, I understand. maybe he gives up a double. Maybe he gives up a, a single. Maybe he gives up something. Let him get one more. There's two outs. Let him try. Let him try to get what You owe it to him to let him get at least one more out. Because Hendrix should have been in that game for eight innings. It is what he was. He was pitching brilliantly. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I'm watching this game. I'm with about nine or ten other people, and every single person is screaming at the television, what are you doing? And I don't care that you won. I don't care that you won. I will take this to my grave that this is the, bad, this is the wrong decision. So I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's total solipsism at this point because it happened and we won. I understand. You can you can second guess. I understand all the thinking. I mean, I mean this is this is the part I know. Okay, fine. It's like so, so so Lester comes in and Lester immediately wild pitches and just he just does not have it. it. It's Lester's not used to coming out of the bullpen. He's on two days rest himself. Where it's like none of this is is was a good idea. What is going through your head at that point now? I didn't think it was over. I mean, I didn't. I was like, oh yeah, because you still got a, a two-run lead at this point. Yeah, I, I, I thought but it's five it was to three. A hiccup. It was a hiccup, and we were going to be okay. I mean, I really didn't think that this. I didn't in any point of that. At that was like, oh my god, the game's over. I sure. swear. I I was like, this is we got this. I, I. Okay, that's fine. I mean, seriously, I was and we and I was at a bar with a bunch of. There were tons of Cubs fans. And we all were feeling good. You know, I mean, I, I understand. It was strange. Were there but any I, Spiders fans there? Or was it Not that I saw. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Um, Poor person. It's hard to remember now. Um, we were outside on a patio kind of thing of this bar. And they kept it open late for all the people because the game of went late. Um, and on the sidewalk, people, as the game went on and on, people just started, it started getting like five people deep on the sidewalk just watching the game too. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Oh no, that, that entire so. night, I think I told you this, but that entire night, I, I, I have to double check my numbers here, but I'm relatively certain that plus or minus a couple, 46 different people texted me throughout the course of that game, several of which people that I had not heard from in years. Yeah. And my sister who could not care less about baseball is texting me, this game is giving me an ulcer. Shakti, yeah. my brother-in-law, yeah. she's like, he had to go to sleep. And then 45 minutes later, he came back down because he couldn't sleep. And now he wants to watch. And he doesn't care either. But yeah, like, it's, it's, it's I mean, people it who- It was great for baseball. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I have friends of mine, uh, my friend Nikki from, from Michigan. She's like, you, you'd be proud of me. I'm watching a baseball game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, a lot of people are watching this baseball game. I mean, the right fact now. that two runs scored on a wild pitch, I mean, yes. that's crazy. There's so many crazy things that happen in this game. All right, so, so the next things. inning, you get one back, and now it's 6-3. to three. So that And that was, is, and that was uh, I can't remember which inning is which, but Javi hit a home run, and David Ross hit a home run. Yeah, that was David Ross. And so, yeah, I mean, and, for, and that's the other, there's so many stories. Like, David Ross, he's 39 years old, it's his final season. Grandpa Ross. He's already won a World Series. He's become kind of a mascot of the team because, yes. and it's, and that is really, because yeah. there's people, observers like, why is this backup catcher so popular? Well, it's a, part it's a of genuine it, thing. But part of it is also Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. And Anthony Rizzo, 
like celebrated him the whole season and well, talked that started, about that, you know. that started in spring training. The yeah. Grandpa Rossi stuff started in spring. I mean, he was never going to get the, the poppy treatment, the Jeter treatment, the Mo no. treatment. But within that Cubs clubhouse, I saw it all season that they were constantly. He was, I mean, look, he in a team full of fetuses, fetus, fetus, feti, fetus, fetuses, children, little, little, little babies. He was the, 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 the grandpa, like grandpa is a pretty, I mean, he was 15, 16 years older than most of these yeah. guys. Like it's, that's kind of crazy. Um, so it was, so he hits a home run in what is probably his last at bat yeah. or could be his last at bat of his major league career in right. game seven of the world series. <laughs> yeah. Is insane. So, all right. So now it's six to three. Okay. I mean, that's insane. I agree. So yeah, for, so for, for David Ross, just the, the, the way that this, his career ended couldn't have been any better. He, he, especially after. And that was off of Andrew Miller. But here's the thing, especially after they were wild pitches, he was behind the plate. It hit him in the face. Yes. You know, bounced and he's had so many concussions. Yes. It's part of the reason he's retiring. So when you're sitting there and you know, you've got to be blaming yourself a little bit for those two, you know, uh, uh, pass balls, wild pitches, whatever you want to call them, wild pitches. And, and to be able to come back and hit a home run for a guy that's not really a home run hitter to begin with. And that was, was it straightaway center? I can't straight remember. Straightaway center. Yeah. Same, I mean, almost the exact same place where Dexter Fowler hit his and Rajay Davis had almost the exact same. Oh, Rajay. So, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Right, so now it's six to three and you're feeling like, all right, there we go. So what do we do? We bring in Chapman. <laughs> uh, oh, every single person at the, the the place that I was at, every single person said, they're going to tie it right here. They're going to tie it right here. There was this weird sense in the room that I was in that everyone said, they're going to tie it when Chapman comes in. Well, he came in in the seventh, though. They didn't tie it in the seventh. Uh, you're right. He came in the seventh. Yeah. And in the eighth. You yeah. got the Brandon Geyer double. Yep. I mean, Brandon Geyer was having himself a. Yes, he was. And then series. when Davis came up. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. This. Rajai Davis, former <laughs> Detroit so, Tiger. The, the, the man who he runs well. I like his running ability. Not, although I will say uh, in 2013, maybe 14, I can't remember what year it was, uh, Rajai hit. An ultimate grand slam against uh, what's, uh a, what's an ultimate? Uh, grand I'm gonna slam? tell you uh, against um, uh, oh my goodness, Balfour, Grant Balfour. So Grant Balfour, who was the closer for the A's at the time, at that point in the season, had been almost literally unhittable. Where I think he'd given up like a hit, and it was deep into the season. It was like August, and he had like it was it was ludicrous the year he'd been having, and the Tigers were losing six to three in the bottom of the ninth inning. And with two outs, and Rajai Davis came up to the plate and hit a grand slam to win the game against Grant Balfour in this completely like it was one of the coolest moments of, of I've ever seen in my entire life. So there was a part of me that was remembering that, and I was like, "Oh God, Davis, here's the kid who no one believes in who can do it," and he just I, I don't know. There was this weird, eerie feeling, and 
everybody in that room I was in was like, he's going to tie. He's going to tie. It's going to be a tie game. That's seemed crazy in to me. Five he had exactly 55 home runs before that one. I'm telling you, in, it was in 10 or 11 series that they said that he was going to hit a home yes, run. Yes, I am telling you, everybody in the room that I was in, it was, there was this weird. And I was in a room with with baseball. With, with, I was at Zach Hample's uh, former uh, guest teacher, Zach Hample's, and so it, it's there was we were filled with 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 ball hawks and with with uh, baseball writers and with just baseball people. We That's were all so baseball people. I can't. No, no one in a million years would ever. The, I am telling how you, how many home runs has Rawls Chapman given up? It's that's I mean, the it's point. Crazy. It was the confluence of events. It was the, so the this is everybody in that room and. The room exploded when it happened. With we call like everyone's like, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I will say that it, like watching him in the in the box, like he he had a fire in his yes. eyes. Yes. So I didn't, th- but I never. I, would never I know think you did. I know you did. I I know. I'm telling you, it is the it's the only way this was going to happen. So it is now six to six. That was crazy. It is now six. I mean, Chapman came in with a three run lead. He. You know, it's crazy that 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 happened. It's crazy. Game six. What are you doing? Game six. So now, Chapman. But it's also like the the ball. Like somebody said, I forget who. I was listening to some analysts say that with the, the with Rajay Davis's swing, generally, yeah, where that ball was pitched, it was literally the only place probably that he could have ever pulled the line drive home run. Yeah. To left field, but that's what had to be. No, I mean, and I'll give you so this to Chapman, insane. and I will give Chapman all the credit in the world for coming out in the ninth. And and we were all, and this is where we'll, I'll say that we were wrong. We're in the ninth. Everyone in that room that I was watching and was like, "What are you doing, Joe Madden? Why is he still out there?" But to Chapman's credit, he absolutely powered through it, especially with the way that crowd finally, for the first time, you know, in days and weeks, you know, had 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 woken up. And and that crowd was insane, and it really did look like that was it. The yeah. game is over. Uh, how? No, was- I no, it wasn't over. I didn't think it was over. I really didn't think it was over. <laughs> I believe you. I thought it was like I, I. I did have a moment like, no matter what happens, I love baseball, and that's I did true. get that text from you. Yes. That's true, but yes. I didn't think it's over. I didn't think we were losing necessarily. I just thought, what is going to happen? I agree. But I'm I didn't think we were losing this. The vibe in my room was, oh my God, they, that, that's it. This is, this is done. Well, your room clearly has some things right and some things wrong. I agree, it? which is why I'm throwing yeah. ourselves under the bus. I'm not yeah. saying we were these soothsayers. So. Then the rain delay. The, the rain. The rain <laughs> delay. <laughs> but I, will, I will say, I'm sorry, we didn't talk about the, t- the top of the ninth. Too, which is the Cubs actually oh, had right, a really right, good right. chance. Absolutely. And Javi once again was a goat in that moment. But like the Cubs, like the Cubs came out again late in the ninth. They say we're gonna, we're yeah. gonna. Yeah, no, they did know. come out and they and they were. Well, that's I think one of the reasons why everyone in that room thought that it was done because with Chapman being in there and with the, with the Cubs kind of blowing their shot in the ninth, there it was kind of like oh. This is the, the the script has been written, and just the thought of an extra inning World Series game, I think, is just too exciting for any of us to really bear. And all of us were obsessively checking our weather. We all, it was funny, all of us, so like I said, it's a bunch of ball hawks and baseball writers and just baseball people. So we all have our own specific weather apps that we swear by and that we're all trying to convince each other, no, my weather app is the best at telling you if there's going to be rain delays, blah, blah, blah. And so we're all, we've all become meteorologists in this night. We're all trying to track the big blob of yellow that was, that was going to be covering the uh, um, uh, Spider Stadium there. And... 
the rain delay happens, and I, at least I, at this point now, because I don't really have a dog in this fight outside of wanting the Cubs to win for you, I just I want this rain delay to last for two hours, and I want this game to go 18 innings, and I just want this to be the longest, craziest, wackiest, most you know ridiculous game on the planet Earth. What are you thinking when the tarp comes on the field? Well, I just didn't know how long it was going to be, and it's like, oh my god, it's getting late, and what's going to happen? And it's like just sort of like ugh. Um, that's sort of what I was thinking. Like, how long is it going to be? And then, like, wow, that really did happen. And, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know. what? So now you're just kind of sitting there, mm-hmm. which ultimately was the best thing that ever happened for the Cubs because all that momentum that the, the Indians were able to get completely got They went down out. pretty quietly in the bottom of the ninth. It wasn't that much momentum. No, it's not about, I'm just talking about the energy in that stadium where, where sure. you'd still be, I'm talking about the fans, not so much the, the, the players. But the fans being able to to keep that energy up and to keep that excitement up and and but now you come back from a rain delay, it's kind of hard to just turn that back on and be wee go crazy and whatnot. Yeah, and then Kyle Schwarber and then Kyle Schwarber right away. You know, a really the man clean single, hard hit single against the shift. I always love that when of course. you beat the shift. I mean, come on, here's I'll take your shift. How about the fact that Kyle Schwarber stole a base, by the way, in Game Seven of the World Series? I'm telling it, he come on. Had he been able to just hit maybe a home run or two, I think he would have been the MVP. And that would have been the craziest story in the history of, of baseball. Um, just, just that is the man coming back from three days, you know, trying not to be too religiously allegorical here, but uh, you get it. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. He has risen. Kyle Schwarber has risen. So Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, single. But they, and they brought in a pinch runner for Kyle, Chris Coughlin, right? Yeah. Anthony, they they walk Anthony Rizzo mm-hmm. to no actually was the I'm sorry was Bryant a double uh no Bryant flied out no I'm sorry Bryant, that's right that was the thing no Albert Almora this is this was one of the, my favorite things so the other thing about Game Seven that we haven't really touched on the base running one hundred percent yes base running also won that game which is what you guys had been doing for the last two years under Madden and you and I have gotten to arguments about this off the air and on the air about how Madden and, and the Cubs team, I've, I've been impressed at going first to third or taking that extra base or tagging up or doing whatever it is that you guys do that most teams don't do. Why are we arguing about it? Uh, I don't remember. You and I were arguing about it. I can't remember. There was some argument that we had where I think you were just trying to say that, that the Cubs were, were that, that, they take the extra base. And I was saying, yeah, not every team does that. And you were like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. The Cubs do it. I don't remember. It was some silly one of you our You are stupid, pulling something out of your butt. I'm friend. really not. I remember very specifically an argument you and I had at a ballpark, at a at Wrigley, actually, where you were yelling at me for, for not uh, agreeing with you that the Cubs ran the base as well or some such nonsense, which I always do agree. The Cubs run the base as well. Thank you. <laughs> so that's right. The Albert Almora came in to pinch run. Yes. And Chris Bryant hit a deep fly ball yep. to center right center field yep. and Albert Almora very alertly Absolutely. tagged up. He Absolutely. didn't, he didn't, you know, some he people didn't even try, he, he didn't did. even try to go to third. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't cry. He didn't round second. Right. He, and part of the reason I think that he was so good at that moment is because he's a great outfielder. So he could read the sure. ball. He sure. could read what was, no, what, you're absolutely could, correct. So that he got to second, then you they, that, then they walk Rizzo and then Ben Zobrist. I mean, Ben Zobrist, what a, a ludicrously brilliant signing that is, not just because of this game and the series and whatever, but just what he has meant to that team 
all year uh, quietly without getting too many headlines is, is uh, wow. That was incredible. And he, and he himself said like the first uh, two or three pitches in the at bat, like he was, he was flailing. Like he wasn't, he was, and, and then he fought off a really hard, fast, fastball. Like I think it was 96, 97 on the outside and shot it into the left field corner, you know, cause he was batting, yeah. he was batting lefty in that, in that at bat. Uh, and he wasn't, even, you know, he just was, he, he was just, he just, he got it done, but his expression, it was like one of those things, Almora sliding into home plate, his expression and Zobris, who's not usually that demonstrative. <laughs> literally, he leapt so high when he got to second, play, second base, his helmet flew off of his head. Yeah. The, the incredible explosion of excitement and, and, and fire that came off of these two men in that moment, especially after what had just happened, the deflating feeling from before. Absolutely. The deflating feeling of losing the lead in the bottom of the eighth, the deflating feeling of almost having the chance to take, retake the lead in the top of the ninth mm -hmm. and missing that chance. Rain delay. We found out later what happened in the rain delay. And one of the things that I love so much about what happened in the rain delay was Jason Hayward who got that conversation started. And Jason Hayward, who'd had the roughest offensive year of anyone on the team, pretty much, but had always been, from all accounts, had always been an incredible teammate, never pouted, was benched a couple times, never sulked, never took it out on anyone, came back. Every, both times he was benched, both in the postseason and in the regular season, he came back and had some good games after that. I really hope that he makes some adjustments because he's such a good player. There's I'm no sure question. He will. That, I'm, sure, I'm sure he will. This is, this is an anomaly for him. I, 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 I can't imagine he's going to be that, that clueless at the plate next year. So the fact that he was the one, and everyone has said it, that like I've read multiple interviews where the, the players are like, the way that he said it made the difference. They all give him all the credit. I love that. Well, what I like about it is your ninth and 10th inning Cubs, and I have no way to, to explain this, but it felt more to me like the regular season Cubs more than any of game one through six Cubs. Like it, it felt more loose. It felt more... It felt, everything else just felt so overmanaged and tense and overthought and over everything. And that was never you guys. You guys were always just kind of, we're going to just, I, I never, this season, I never felt like you guys were ever out of a game because it was like, whatever, we're just going to, we're going to hit, we know we're going to hit, we know we're going to pitch, whatever. And then when you get into the, the ninth and 10th innings there and you've got your base running is back on there, your, 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 at bats are getting a little bit, you know, better there. You're not even, you know, Montgomery comes in and, and, uh, Carla Jr. comes in and yes, he kind of struggles a little bit, but even then I wasn't worried. Once you guys took the yeah, lead, I, I that was worried. it. That was the game. Even when, when they started coughing up the runs in the bottom of the tent there, it just one run. Yeah. Just one run. Yeah. The run, it, it did not worry me at all. I was like, yeah, no, even if they do tie it up here, who cares? They'll probably just come back and hit four. Yeah. And the, I did kind of want them to tie it up because I was like, yes, you tied up, then you go ahead. Then you tie I wanted no. it to go 18 innings. It was already a classic. I know, but I wanted it to go 18 innings so badly. And the fact that, so then they... they and they walked... Uh, they uh, walked uh, Hayward. No, they walked Russell. Sorry, they walked Russell. Yeah, they walked Russell, which which that was in our in my room was another thing where then we jumped on trashing Francona, where it's like, what... You're not the home. You're not the the visiting team here. Like these are all runs that could potentially score. Like you're not. What are you? I get doing that in the bottom of an inning because yeah, it doesn't matter. But 
what are you doing? Like, you were just making your life worse here. Like, force outs aren't, you need to have faith in your pitcher that you can actually get an out here. And, of course, what happens is Montero comes through. And, and, and that's another great redemption story is that Montero had a pretty tough season at the plate. He had some injuries, you know, but he did have some, there were a couple of games during the season where he would have some big hits. And including in the NLCS against the Dodgers, he had, of course, he had a grand slam <laughs> that put the Cubs ahead. <laughs> no, you had a lot. I of, mean, they, I mean, like, the fact that he came through facing a lefty and got a hit, an RBI, which turned out to be the game winner. Of course, is a great part of the story. It's my favorite too. part of playoff baseball. Period. It's different than the NBA where one guy can take control and do it or the NFL where the QB can do whatever or, you know, the NHL where the goalie is most often the, the kind of hero of the story. In, in baseball, it almost always, almost, not all the time, but almost always comes from the folks that you just absolutely least expect it and, and the guys that just show up. You know, it, it's, it's very rarely the, the... I mean, look, I mean, Rizzo ended up finding his swing at a certain point yeah. and Bryant had a couple of big home runs there. And so it's and not Russell, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not like, you know, your superstars disappeared, but in the moments that mattered, they just weren't at bat because that's the way baseball works. They weren't there for, or, or they took the bat out of their hands. And, and it is up to your Miggies, your Zobrists, your, your Rosses, your Rajai Davises, your Brandon Guyers, your, your, who are these people who are, you know, these are people that my sister certainly doesn't know their name. She might know Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, but she doesn't know Miguel Montero. He doesn't know David Ross. Yeah. You know, and, and my brother-in-law doesn't know any of these people either, but they know them now. Uh, but they did, they did text me. So um, can you help us get season tickets to the Cubs? Oh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. No. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. But all right. So the Cubs win the world well Series. the other we didn't talk about this, carl i mean i wanted to please, i do want to touch on carl edwards jr please. you know who's a young man thin tall young like his, his first full season yeah. is pitching a save <laughs> didn't get the save though. yeah opportunity yeah save opportunity in the world series yeah and he got two quick outs and yeah. then a little blink blinked a little you know, and then Mike Mike Montgomery, who was a sort of real one of the sort of classic kind of Theo Epstein under the radar acquisition that no one was really kind of paying attention to, wound up being really big for the Cubs through the season and in the playoffs because um, he could go long. He was like, he, you know, he wasn't like crazy super dominant, but he was really effective. And then he got in, he came in, and he got that ground ball which was not an easy play. It was a little nubbler. And, and, but poor, the poor Spiders had a guy who was probably one of their worst hitters up at the plate yeah. in, the, in their last at-bat, but that they, he was out of, he had, no, he had no one left on the bench. Um, and Chris Bryant, like he was grinning. Oh yeah, the face. As the he was man, making the man. play and his foot slipped and he made a true throw <laughs> and Rizzo. I mean, it was also perfect that it was, Bryant to Rizzo. 100,000%. That's that the only a, way that, that that should have ended with Bryant to Rizzo. And, and Rizzo, you know, Doug, learning from Doug Mankiewicz and immediately pocketing that ball <laughs> was genius and good for him. I know there's some people that, that aren't happy with him for that, but no, good for him. Do, that's, that's absolutely what you need to do. I mean, it's... 
Who's, who's not happy for it? Who do you and mean? There are people. Well, cause there are people that want to, to go to the Hall of Fame. That want to go to this. It's people are always going to get mad about everything. There's you'll always find a faction of people that are mad about everything that just can't be happy. Um, and and here is now. To be fair, as we're recording this, um, it's been a little over a week um, since the Cubs won the World Series, so it really hasn't fully sunk in. But I will say, one of the fears that I had, and that several of my friends had, and I think it's a justified fear, is, and it's, I mean, it's, the, it's one of the first things I told you a couple years ago uh, when we were talking about the Cubs winning the World Series eventually, was the backlash of, fan ba- of fans, you know, and of the kind of turning into what a certain faction of Red Sox fans turned into after they won them. Not all of them, but a certain faction of them, the, a very loud portion of them turned into but so far yeah i don't knock on everything yeah. and the other thing is like there weren't riots in chicago no my, my like, sister sent pictures of of the, the parade went right by her office in in chicago and and oh my goodness just the the collection of yeah. happiness that was down yeah. there and 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 no fights no anger no nothing yeah. just just pure bliss and i wore you know i proudly wore my jersey around town like for you know and just every everyone which town because we've talked about many towns dc and then new york because i was in dc visiting my brother and then when i was in new york walking around wearing my hat my jersey i which i you know i wear my hat a lot and people don't usually comment that much right everyone not everyone so many people at least smiled or said something like people were genuinely happy for this occurrence in the world it was like it like brought happiness to many people and i'm i'm about to work on a new job soon and the assistant that to the producer that i've been emailing about logistics was an was an indians fan and and we had a really nice exchange about the series i mean it like he said of course he was disappointed but it was an incredible series it was just like there's just like goodwill around it it well that's the thing about you know with the spiders i feel a little bit bad that so much of the story was about the Cubs, yeah, and and part of me thinks because of the the Cavaliers ring that took a little bit of the media narrative away from Cleveland because like had they not won any professional championship in that long, I feel like that narrative would have been hit a lot harder. The media just is the worst with stuff like that. They choose a narrative and they run with it and and they decide what's going to be the most compelling thing, and so that's what they decided. Well, I mean, on, at face value, it's a little more. It's more significant numbers wise that the sure, but forty eight is still pretty ridiculous. Of course, and and I'm just saying though, but that's no, no. I understand. No, I understand that. No, I get the 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 media. Well, I I sent you the the photo of what the New York Times headline was going to be had the had 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 the spiders won. It was a it was a picture of the Cubs. Like it was it was all the headlines would have been the Cubs lost the World Series, not that the Indians yeah, won the World saying, Series. Yeah. And so uh, there is so my heart does go a little bit out to to yeah for them flow. to be up three one and you know yeah I mean obviously after and to the whole, lose game six and seven at home you know I under I do and, everything about and that. Terry Francona I love Terry Francona I, I adore to, Terry and Francona his 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 final press conference was beautiful like. I, I just, the whole thing was inc- like, if you love baseball and you've devoted your life to baseball, how could you not have loved that series? Yeah. No, and it that, was, it was and that game. Game seven was, 
with when you add in everything, when you add in all the the storylines that you want to use, probably the best baseball game I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it's it's certainly the certainly the craziest. It is absolutely incredible how uh, just insane it was. So suffice to say, that was one of the best World Series of my lifetime. Um, I, I would imagine you would agree. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, there, there were dramatic things that happened, like, you know, the, the infamous two strikes, two yeah, outs twice. In, yeah, yeah, no, there, there's, there's moments. But yeah, I think overall, you know, the, the, the seesaw nature of it, the, the momentum shifts, the coming back from three, three games to one, the, the fact that it was at Wrigley, the fact it was the Cubs and the Indians, Spiders, you know, I, it would have been nice, you know, if game seven was at Wrigley, although who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'll I mean, who it. knows, you know, yeah. Alternate universes, something, something they may not have won if it was at Wrigley. So, yeah, so I mean, maybe they, you know, you know Schwarber wouldn't have played. So yeah, yes. you know what? Maybe it's good that it was in uh, uh, Cleveland, but so I guess we'll just kind of wrap this up now. Um, Cause this is going to be the last that you're going to be hearing. Well, actually that's not true. We may drop a couple of, of fun little special episodes uh, oh, oh, throughout the off season uh, when we get them. So Mr. Rap, I just want to give you a chance to one final kind of uh, about the season itself, about, about the entire season and the world series and everything. What, what are your, what are your thoughts and, and moving forward? What are your expectations for the Chicago Cubs team? Um, I, I'm really happy that it's a team that is filled with people that I can kind of really root for as human beings, as well as ballplayers. That's one of the things about it. That's been the most satisfying is that I don't think it's spin that I really believe that they are really for and with each other and that they show up. I mean, I, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's hyperbole or hype or, or spin. It's that they actually show up every day and play their hearts out for and with each other. That alone made it such a pleasure to watch this historic season take place, as well as the fact that it was a historic season. And it was historic even before the postseason. There were things that they were doing in the regular season that were better than had been in many, 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 many decades, including like since some of it since 1910, like literally that. So to bear witness to that and have it be such an incredible group of guys and Joe Madden at the head of it too. It just, it's just like, I just, and my, my anticipation for the future is that that's going to continue to be the case that they're going to build on that. Whether they keep winning world series, I don't know it, anything can happen in the postseason, but that they're going to, they're going to, be foreign with each other. And it's going to be incredible to watch this core group of players continue to develop as human beings and as ballplayers. So at this point, you're not thinking, let's get one next year. No. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I have to ask. No, I, I have not. to see where your head is at. I know I they see. are. Well, Rizzo is talking about, he's like, def- defend, you know, defend the title. I like the idea of them trying. Sure. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against that. But I'm not greedy. I, that's what I'm at. I want to see where your head is at. I want to see if you're someone who's saying one is nice. I'd like multiple, please. I'd I'd like them to continue to develop in the way that they've developed and to continue to put this incredible group of people together. That's that's what I want to see. 
That's lovely. And 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 to and that Wrigley continues like that Wrigley and the that 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 they've they've rewritten they've rewritten the the notion of lovable losers. Like that's dead. That's dead. gotta be the the best feeling of it all. Because I remember now, even two seasons ago yep. when we were walking around yep. and the Cubs were damn good. Yep. And people are like, oh, it must suck to be a Cubs fan. Yep. And I'm not saying like now, I don't, I like what you were saying. I don't think people are going to be walking around now with a huge chip on their shoulders being a Cubs fan either. Cause we're just grateful. Like that's the thing about, I think with the difference and maybe it's a Midwestern thing versus a Northeastern thing somehow, but the feeling is gratitude and joy. And it's not like in your face, Yankees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so much of the Boston, so much of the Boston thing was about yeah, you didn't living really have, under the boot heel of the Yankees. You know, you know, that is a very, very good point. You guys didn't have a team that like like the Cardinals. The Cardinals? Now, no, but the, it's not the same. The Cardinals Cubs rivalry is great, but it's not a similar. You're at, that is, I think. You know what? I don't know why you're the first person to put it in that context for me. That is that is perfect. I like that exactly. You weren't shoving this in a particular fan base's face yeah this was this was more about you than it was about other people and i think with red sox fans while it was 85 percent about them it was still 10 15 percent about ah ha ha yankees especially because we did it to you et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. yes exactly and it's the boston new york thing I agree. in general and, you and know, so i so i think that so i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping beyond hope that you're right and that that um, Cubs fans will continue this this generosity and this graciousness and this this loveliness they've shown. Uh, but also, so it's far. like so many people. Well, I don't. I actually, I don't know why this didn't happen in Boston more. But so many people were so. It's such a bittersweet thing because so many people who. Grew oh no, up that Cubs happened. Fans, no, that happened in Boston. But like, had lost their. No, no, no. That absolutely happened know. in Boston. No, the graveyards were, were covered in, 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 in Red Sox gear and the amount of tears. No, that I will not take away from Red Sox fans. In 04, and here's the thing about Red Sox fans, it didn't really start with them until 07. Mm. Like 04, everyone was fine with them. For the first year or two, every, everyone, it, it really didn't start until 07 and then you know, 13. And once they kind of built this dynasty of sorts, that's really when it started. So that's why with Cubs fans right now, right now, if, if this is the only series you win for the next 100 years, we'll see. But if you now win three or four in the next decade or so, that's where the jury's still out on that. But I think I, I think the fact that the, you don't Did have it a happen team, with the Bulls fans. Well, I mean that's different. Like, Why is that it different? Was, I just mean in terms of they were so dominant. Yeah, but Did there's it happen a difference with the Bulls fans. No, there's a difference. Well, I mean, there's a difference between being dominant and being. It's really the Red Sox and the Cubs were really the only two teams in any sport that I can think of. Maybe the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. Like where where you've got like this this legacy and this this identity of being this one thing, and then you change it on such a national massive scale. Sure, but which that shift happens overnight. Where no, because I mean it's it's there are I mean Giants fans really haven't been bad. You yeah, know, I think and, it's and, I think it's the city. I think it's, I mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean like Boston's a bad city. I just mean like Boston, yeah, there's a Boston that, that, attitude yeah. that I think can feed into that happening there to some degree. Cause it didn't happen. It doesn't happen with Cardinals fans and the Cardinals have been so dominant. Yeah. Like, I, I think are, it's Cardinals less about being dominant though and more. proud and very kind of like, you know, there's there, you get like the, some of the people like being really kind of gross the, with the best fans in baseball, Twitter account that they find these oh, things well, that people just, say. That, well, you know, that's the internet. I don't. I don't judge. The internet is full of crazy people. On every, you yeah. can find people who support the ACLU or people who support the the you know the most uh, uh, like 
benign whatever causes on the planet and you'll find crazy people screaming and yelling and saying heinous stuff so the internet's the internet but all right so we're gonna wrap it up here uh right now just because it's it's yeah it's getting late for us um so uh mr rap we are we are taking a break uh, for the next couple months as far as releasing episodes we'll still be recording stuff and we're gonna have a great slew of guests for you starting in 2017 so do me a favor and if you could please, 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 if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the show in iTunes. Uh, I know it's stupid, but rate us. It's, it's, it's the way that more people can see us, you know, and if you want to give us five stars, that would be lovely. Uh, but uh, leave a comment uh, in, in the iTunes thing. That helps us as well. Share uh, this with, with your friends. This is the perfect time to share us with your friends. It's the off season. It's the cold, long off season. People are looking for things to listen to. So we've got 80 some odd episodes uh, of, of, of goodness for folks to, to go back and listen to and, and hopefully enjoy and let's try and see if we can, you know, come back strong in 2017. And unfortunately I don't think it's going to be the Tigers and the Cubs in the world series in 2017. I think the Tigers are going to be entering a bit of a rebuilding phase, but that's okay. I I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a baseball fan first. So I'm going to keep looking for, for new and interesting storylines for the rest of the Yeah. Life. I mean, during our rebuild is when Rizzo, came came up as a great star player a great person to root for we started getting aware of who was in the farm system to look out for and the draft they made incredible draft picks obviously i mean carl schwarber and chris bryant were a couple of their last draft and i think much like everybody else you know we're we're all trying to trades yeah we're all trying to follow the the cubs kind of uh uh, pattern here so we'll see if it actually works for for the tigers and so there's it's not to say that when you have a a losing team in the in the rebuilding years that it's all is lost no There's, there's a tremendous Look, amount. I don't, of, once again, 119 losses. I watched every inning of the 119 loss season and, and enjoyed watching baseball no more or less than any other time. I love baseball no matter who's winning or losing. So I'd just like to see a Cubs and Tigers series. That would be very, very fun if that could happen at some point in our lifetimes. Rematch. Oh, 1945. All right. So with that, I want to thank you, Mr. Rapp, for thank joining you. me today. Thank the kitty cats here for, for running all around us and uh, uh, affecting my allergies. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in a couple of months here in the clubhouse. The home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at rounding third MJ for me and at albino kid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.